Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets right here on the Mayo Media Network. I am Chris Meany. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. Five games on the ice today. If you're just new to the show, welcome. Thanks again for taking the time to hang out with us today. Please smash the like button, as Mayo says. Leave a comment in the YouTube section if you are watching indeed on the Mayo Media Network, which you should be. Subscribe to MMN. Leave a comment there. Maybe your favorite pick of the day, your favorite bet. Maybe you have a fantasy hockey question, a DFS question, anything. We will take them. I will scan the comment section a little bit later on today. And Mayo is still giving away money. This guy's just giving away free money left, right, and center. You got to get in on the draw. He's giving away a hundred US dollars. All you have to do is subscribe, rate, review, five stars, and then leave your email, especially if you're listening on the Apple Podcast Network. I have a special guest in here today, Cecil Peters, five games on the ice. Cecil, thanks for taking the time to hang out, buddy. What's going on? Not too much. Glad it's uh, glad it's just a five-gamer today instead of a 14-er. So start <laughs> start a little easier than we could. So should be Dude, good. I'll make sure uh, to give you a call when we get a 14-gamer. Right? Yeah. we got to get you in for those ones. Yeah, I mean, the, the schedule is jam-packed, of course. I keep having to remind myself that the Dallas Stars are a hockey team, and we will eventually see them play. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm sure I'm sure they're more antsy to get going than you are, too. So, yeah, no doubt. Okay, so five games are going to roll through them game by game. And we have some DK picks. We'll roll through the positions, got some props throughout the show as well. Let's start with the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have the Leafs here home favorites minus 150, the total six and a half. The Oilers in their games, at least six goals, Cecil in three of the four, the Leafs are rolling. Uh, They're playing pretty good hockey. The Edmonton Oilers are a lot like last year's Edmonton Oilers so far this year, Cecil. uh, I saw some, a lot of frustration from Connor McDavid in the, in the two games against the Canadians where they really got worked over. They had seven power plays in their latest game and could not generate a goal on any of those power plays. Do you have a feel in this contest? Yeah, so like you said, the Oilers are struggling, obviously. And I'll even mention on those power plays, they even got scored against. So they were minus they were minus on the power plays, which is never what you want. But I mean the real issue here is the goaltending and the defense. When you got a goalie that's wearing number nineteen like Miko Koskinen and he's playing like a forward who wears number nineteen just sitting in the net, that's never good. So I always I always worry about that. And they don't even have a reliable backup they can go to right now. So they kind of just gotta hope he finds it. Um, but even if he does, the defense is so bad that they're giving up so many shots that even a good game from Koskinen, it's going to be tough for them to win any hockey games. So are you in on the Leafs here tonight? Yeah, I'm definitely in on the Leafs. I think they're pretty similar to the Oilers in the way that they're built. They're kind of built to run around their main forwards. But in the case of the Leafs, their forwards are a little better, a little deeper anyhow at the top end. Obviously, they're not as good. But I know with Edmonton in the past – Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl were playing 23, 24 minutes a game. And this year, it seems like they're only playing 21, 22, which doesn't seem like a huge difference. But with how shallow that team is, they're kind of built for McDavid to play 24, Dreisaitl to play 24. And when they're not, you can just see that the depth of the team just gets ravaged and they're getting shots and shots and shots again. So. Yeah, and I noticed in the last game they well, I mean they were down and they, they put McDavid and Dry settled together. And then when you really do that, it's you're right, you're limiting your offensive chances by putting 
everybody in on one line. So taking a look at, we're starting to get more data. We're a week into the season here now, looking at the Oilers five on five per 60 minutes. They're allowing the most shots against 36.27, the seventh most scoring chances against the eighth most high danger chances, but they're also generating a ton as well. The fifth most high danger chances, the Leafs 11th most high danger chances and the most scoring chances in the NHL per 60 minutes at five on five. They're sixth in expected goals and they have the most shot attempts for so the totals at six and a half it may seem a little high uh, frederick anderson was i thought played really good against the jets the other day uh, i don't even want to take give him too much heat against the canadians uh, giving up four goals because there was a couple breakaways there i mean he faced three breakaways in a span of five minutes it's just the leafs don't have a strong defensive unit either but they've showed me a lot more this year than the oilers have so i like the leafs to continue to roll here i think there's there's something going on in edmonton like i said they're starting to see some frustrations from this team i i like the over when you just have both teams that can generate so much offense they're giving up so much five on five as well and then you put both of those power plays top five in my opinion power plays even though the oilers struggled and they gave up the shorty like you mentioned cecil both of these power plays are absolutely legit, right? They can score three or four uh, combined power play goals. So I like the over, I like the Leafs. If you're looking for shot totals, you know, these guys are really juiced up. Uh, we've had a couple people, you know, all the odds here from the DraftKings Sportsbook, but uh, friends north of the border have been asking me where I'm finding some of these shot props over at FTNBets.com. If you want to get in, use that promo code MeanieBets every single day over at ftmbets.com and just doing decently uh, on the props. So just taking a look, Matthews is, is really juiced up here. He's been a guy that, I mean, 21 shots in four games. So anytime you see three and a half, uh, it's, it's one that I would lean with. But again, over on DK, three and a half minus 275, it's just, it's not really worth it. I, I think, you know, on Bet365, if you're playing over there, I've seen three and a half around minus 160. I can get behind that. Heck, I would even try if I ever saw four and a half, because uh, this is a guy that puts four or five pucks on net every single night. But two point games here on DraftKings, Marner is plus 165, Matthews plus 160. Uh, and then if you want to get involved with the Oilers, very similar dry settle plus 140 McDavid plus 110. But I really feel Matthews and Marner at plus 165 for Marner and plus 160 for Matthews. And then if you want to get involved with the first goal, uh, I like McDavid. Uh, he is 10 to one to score the first goal tonight. Lots of goals, lots of action. There were yeah, lots so of goals. I'll, oh, go ahead. Jump in there. Yes. my bad. I'll, I'll quickly jump in on the lease there with Matthews and Marner. The other thing about them too, is that they're kind of getting the usage that McDavid and Drysaddle were getting last year, right? So the Marner's playing 24, 23 minutes a game. Mm. Matthews is kind of the same. And then you look down their lineup, even Tavares and Nylander, they're playing 18, 19 minutes. So they're really riding Marner and Matthews a lot harder than the other guys, which I'm assuming is partially due to their youth and energy levels and kind of keeping Tavares going for the season. So um, I think with Matthews usually getting five shots a game, even last year when he's playing 21 minutes, I think with 23, 24 minutes, especially if this game gets into a shootout, then they'll definitely be playing him all game. I yeah, think the a... over for him is the over for him is pretty much a lock, but like you said, the juice is, is so high that it's hard to bet it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, if that moves up to four and a half, I would jump on it. That's a great call by you. He played 25 minutes in the opener. I know that game went to overtime, but remember when Mike Babcock was hanging around and everyone's like, why, why is um, Patrick Marlowe getting more ice time than Austin Matthews? Yeah. They're, they're not afraid to double shift. Yeah. And it's not like he's playing. It's not like he's playing 24 minutes with Joe Thornton. He's playing basically every minute with Marner, but then they're, they're rotating the wingers. So he's getting different wingers. He's getting some time with Nylander. He's playing with Tavares a little bit. So he's getting tons of opportunities. So the shots will definitely be there. 
Yeah, good call. Absolutely love that you brought that up. Uh, speaking of goals, lots of goals in the Sharks and Blues game the other night. 5-4 was the final there. We have the Blues heavy favorites at home, minus 177. The goal total here at 6. Uh, I believe we called this one, Maddie. We had um, we had St. Louis in the, in the opener. I didn't think there were going to be as many goals from the San Jose side of things, but uh, we can get into it uh, in just a little bit, but I want to throw it over to you. Initial thoughts on the Blues and the Sharks here tonight. Yeah, so I was actually on the other side of this game. I was on the Sharks, and it looked good early, and then it obviously fell apart. But I think the main thing I took away from that game was the goaltending. So obviously Dubnik was a net for the Sharks. I'm assuming they go to Jones tonight, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, between the two of them, there's not a lot to differentiate between. They're both average to below average goalies the last couple of years. But on the other side, I think Bennington is – he's not as good as he was when they won the Cup two years ago. You saw last year in the playoffs against Vancouver, he got rocked a bit. And then the first game of the year, I thought, okay, like Bennington's back. He's played awesome against Colorado. The team played great. And then the two games after that, he's let in a bunch of goals. So I would lean the over in this game because I don't trust Jordan Bennington. And then as far as the actual winner – I think because of the weak goaltending on both sides, I'll take the plus money with the Sharks again and just hope that the power play gets some opportunities and clicks, which is kind of how they scored last game. Yeah, that is that is how they scored last game. Just looking at the Sharks five on five, um, I know this is a team that really struggled last year, but they were missing so many guys like Hurdle, Couture, Carlson. A lot of these guys came. They, they were out of the lineup. They're all healthy. They're all playing. Carlson's getting a ton of ice time, but again, I'm just looking at five on five numbers, numbers that I'm going to bring up quite often on this show. The expected goals against at five on five per 60 minutes is the highest in the league for San Jose. They're giving up the most scoring chances at five on five, the second most high danger chances and the seventh most shots. And then you look at the blues, they're allowing the least scoring chances, but you're right. Bennington does not look good for a team that is allowing yeah. the fewest scoring chances. He's let in a ton of goals already. So yeah, I was, I was completely wrong. I figured we would see um, a bit of a Ryan that the blues would squeak it out and they did yeah. squeak it out, but I'm with you. I think again, we'll see some goals. I'm not sold on either goalie. Both offenses uh, have a lot to offer. Get into it a little bit more when it comes to DFS, but just taking a look from our, our friends at natural stat trick, the five on five numbers, the Jaden Schwartz, Brendan, um, Braden Shen, Jordan Cairo line. Um, yeah. They dominated. They killed they, the last game. Didn't yeah. they? I think they yeah. played against what hurdle came and it was, I can't remember what the numbers were exactly. It was like, 16 attempts four and five or six yeah. like it wasn't even close it wasn't and then it the wasn't same, close and then the same thing with ryan o'reilly they played against couture and then i mean if you look at the game you go oh couture i think he had three points but two of them were on the power play when they were on the ice against o'reilly they they weren't getting anything going so right but st louis kind of has that thing with their lineup where now that they have hoffman back they kind of play hoffman with thomas they play shen with schwartz and they play o'reilly with Perron. so instead of having the two stack lines and then kind of a weaker third fourth line you can go at they kind of spread it out kind of like what calgary is doing kind of like what toronto's doing where they kind of play duos and then they slide in the weaker winger and then so it makes it hard for san jose to get even if they get a good change or they kind of because i think it's in st louis right so right st louis is controlling the matchup but even if san jose gets a good change i mean even st louis's fourth line it's the perfect fourth line for a cup winning team it's got clifford it's got your grid it's got sunquist yeah. it's got i think barbershev right now so yeah. It's really hard for them to even get anything going because no matter who they're playing against, there's at least one or two good defensively responsible forwards on the ice for St. Louis. So I feel kind of crazy picking San Jose, but I'm hoping it gets nice and chippy. It's a rematch, which we're going to see a lot of this year. It might get a little chippy after the whistles. Maybe we'll get some power plays. So 
I think yeah, I'll lean San Jose for the plus money, but it's pretty risky. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know if it's that risky. I think it's fine. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I think maybe the over could be the the strongest play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, minus 177 is tough. You, you may have to get it into a parlay. I don't feel great about, you know, puck line minus one and a half. I think it yeah. will be close. So would you get involved with that Shen line? I know we're we're not there yet on DK. We'll get to some of the pricing. But, yeah, the, the shot attempts, 14 to 5. Uh, the the shots on goal, 11 to 3. They had the two goals, 5 on 5, not against. The scoring chances, 12 to 1. And the high danger chances, 4 to 1. Like, this is a line that absolutely dominated, Cecil. Would you get involved yeah. with it? Shot props or first goals, taking some shots on them. Yeah, and I think for DFS too, because they're not expensive, right? Like Shen was thirty six hundred oh. last night. I think he's forty one hundred this time. But yeah, yeah, for the props, Shen's not usually a high volume shooter, but he did get five shots last game. So, and I think he only had one shot each of the games before. But now that he's kind of back on a line, he's more comfortable with. He's played with Schwartz a ton. Um, I would probably. What are you seeing for Schwartz for the over? So I'm not seeing Schwartz on DK, but bet three, six, five. I'm seeing him 2.5. It's just right now it's early. I would double check a little bit later on in DraftKings Sportsbook. A couple may, may jump out here. I'm O'Reilly is, is 1.5. I'm not interested. He's a pass first guy. Yeah. Yeah. David Perron, I could get behind here two and a half plus one fifteen. He only had the two shots the, the last time, but that, that one's a decent one. And then, um, you know, if we're looking at maybe 1.5 or 2.5 is plus 115. Yeah, and like you mentioned with Perron too, he also he's going to play on the power play. He's kind of a staple on there, and he'll get he'll get some shot attempts there too. He's kind of one of the triggermen on their power play. So, I think him I, or Schwartz, who's historically more of a shooter than Shen, yeah, even though that didn't show last game, I think Schwartz is probably a better bet there. I think you could take some shots here on on first goal, like all over the place um, with Perron yeah. or Schwartz. Perron is eleven to one. Hurdle is eighteen to one. He's been red hot to start the season. Is a guy that DK completely mispriced. I don't know if you're a Fanduel guy, but Hurdle was three K on. Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't I don't play there, but that's what I heard. So it's like yeah. I might have to invest some money over there if these dudes yeah. are going to be three K um, playing tons yeah. of tons of minutes. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, and then of course on defense, San Jose is obviously just going to roll Burns and Carlson. You'll probably yeah. see one of them on the ice almost all game which is good there but the same story as always right they have the two big guys they have Vlasic who's slowing down who's I think he only played 20 minutes he's not the 25 minute guy anymore and then after that it's not great so yeah no it's it's not great uh all right so we're hoping for some goals here we're split but uh, I yeah. like the I like you taking a dog here so it's a, it's a good opportunity to to jump on the on the Sharks, as you feeling, but I, I think we both agree that there's going to be some goals over maybe the play. I don't know if we'll see some goals yeah. here in Minnesota. Um, we have uh, Minnesota and Anaheim. The Wild here, road favorites, minus 139. The uh, total is 5.5. Maddie, we didn't get the Wild. We were on the under, though. Yeah. Cam Talbot continues to play pretty good hockey. This Minnesota team, um, scoring chances allowed at five on five, 17.85 per 60 minutes. It's the second best mark in the NHL, but they have the most high danger chances and the third most scoring chances. So they're generating a ton of offense, but they don't have a lot of scorers really like Kaprizov has been great. He's going to be a solid player for them. Kevin Fiala is a guy that I like over two and a half. Um, he's minus 177. I've seen it be in again, some other spots, three and a half. 18 shots. He's got, he's got at least five shots every game. Right. So. Five, six, seven, not afraid to shoot the puck. He's, um, he's 10 to one to score the first goal tonight. 
I like Minnesota. I'm going to go back to them. I think the under is the play here. I don't know if Cam Talbot is going to start again. This would be four straight. I feel like he probably should. He's been really good. Um, do you, the Ducks did win this game, the first one. There have yeah. been a lot of splits uh, all over yeah. the place. So I, this is something I'm following. I do. I love. I love all the rematches this year. I think it makes it a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I was on the Ducks. I was on the Ducks last game, which was great. Gibson. I mean, Gibson's obviously. Anytime they win a game, Gibson's going to be the main reason. Sure. But I just think that Minnesota is probably the most overrated team in the league. And I know a lot of people disagree. They think they look great. But their stats came against L.A. And if you saw L.A. play sure. even against Colorado last night, they don't have a lot on defense. Drew Dudley's their best defense defenseman, and he's not, he's not what he used to be, right? So I think the meal issue with Minnesota is that they don't have any center icemen. They got Nick Bustad. I think that Victor Rask is maybe on the first line. So, yeah, Kaprizov is great. But – He's playing with, I don't know how old Zach Brise is anymore, 34, 35. So he's playing with an old Zach Brise. He's playing with, yeah, whichever third-line center they decide to put with him. And then on the power play, they're they're the only team in the league that has, I think, two defensemen on both units. And if you watch the game last game, I think at least once, maybe twice, they put three defensemen on the power play. They rolled (laughs) out. That's all they have. That's all they have is defensemen. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, when you're playing three defensemen on the power play, I think it means one of two things. Either your coach is a complete idiot, which I don't think is the case, or else your forwards are just terrible. And then you look at their roster and it's like, okay, I understand. Maybe they don't want Joel Erickson and Marcus Foligno on the power play. So what are you going to do? They got Spurgeon, they got Dumba, they got Suter. Those are their most offensive players. And I think when that's the case and you're going against John Gibson and Anaheim, who's not great defensively, but the way they play, they can shut you down and they can kind of grind you down. I just, I can't see them scoring more than two goals. And as a, as a Calgary Flames fan watching Cam Talbot last year, I know he's played well to start the year, but I got, I have zero confidence in him. And if they go to their backup, I think, I think he's maybe better than Talbot. You know, he played pretty well last year, but I just don't have any confidence in the goaltending or the center ice position or really the scoring at all. So I'm going to go with the Ducks again. It should be a chippy close game. And I think when you get those close games, just take the plus money, especially a, especially if you got John Gibson in that. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of your points, actually. A lot of people are talking up the Wilds. Uh, they like Kaprizov. I get it. I like him, too. I think he's a fine player. Kevin Fiala, volume yeah. shooter. Like he just doesn't about. have any help. Right. I, I, I totally agree with you. I don't I think this is a team that's going to score uh, a lot of goals. And you're right. The, some of the numbers are, you know, inflated because they played a weak L.A. Kings team. Absolutely. I, yeah. I totally agree with all of that. I feel like the under is the play here. I don't like really any yeah. of these offenses. Well, cause, And the same thing with Anaheim. Who's going to score for Anaheim? Right. I mean, Ryan gets left. It's kind of the same as Zach Parise, right? He used to be a yeah. great player, but he's not what he used to be. Now, I like Anaheim's power play more this year, and I'll get into it with, in the DFS. But Shattenkirk. Love I Shattenkirk. think on the first power play, unit, that's way better than Cam Fowler, right? Cam Fowler's not really the quarterback. He's just kind of a big shot. Shattenkirk's the guy who will grab the puck. He'll let the play develop. He'll kind of set it up. He'll run the power play. So I think that's where another advantage that Anaheim has. Because like I mentioned with Minnesota's power play, they're also over 16. So clearly the three defensemen, the two defensemen, whatever they're doing, <laughs> it's not working. Because they haven't scored. Right. Um, they traded for Greg Pattern, who's not an offensive defenseman. But can you imagine if he started to get no, some they power tra- play no, time? They tra- no, they traded Pattern. Oh, they, tra- they, got they traded him for Ian Cole. That's which right. Is, which is a great trade, but it's not helping your power play. But it is helping your defensive depth. So I will say Minnesota's defensive depth is really good. They have Suter, they have done, but now they have Ian Cole. I'm not sure if he's playing tonight. I don't know what the rules are with Cole. He, pro- he probably can. Yeah. But uh, their defensive depth is good. And Talbot has been good, but yeah, it's just when you're only going to score twice a game, 
unless Fiala gets hot. I mean, he's due to score. He's got, like you said, sure. 18, 19 shots. So. Yeah, five, six, seven, uh, his shots, 18 yeah. shots, yeah, in three games. So, yeah, Talbot, so do you think that Talbot is just, He's just been good because of the system he plays. And this is kind of why I like him, though, because the Wild don't give yeah. him a ton of quality chances. Yeah. I just, he's a guy that from watching him and cheering for a team with him in net, when you know he's in net, you just don't have, I just don't have the confidence, right? Like when John Gibson's in net, it's like, okay, you can get out shot. And that's sure. what's so nice about Calgary this year against Vancouver two nights ago. Um, they got outshot like 16 to five in the first, but they're only down one nothing because Markstrom played unbelievable. And if it was Cam Talbot in that, probably would have been two, three nothing. So I think it's so, a big, but at the same time, Anaheim's not getting 16 shots in a period. Yeah, we, I think I'd be pretty surprised with yeah. that. They might, get, they might get 16 on game, but not in a period. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess as a Flames fan, dude, you're probably feeling pretty good to have Jacob Markstrom. That's a, that's a pretty nice yeah. upgrade for Talbot. That's a big upgrade over Talbot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Okay, uh, the next game here on the slate, we have Arizona and Vegas. Vegas, heavy, heavy favorites here. Minus 200, the total yeah. five and a half. Uh, got this one. We had uh, Vegas by two. Not giving up a ton so far this year. 5-2 win, a 2-1 win, and a 4-2 win. I don't suggest, as I said last time, taking them on the money line. If you want to take them on the puck line, fine. If you want to flirt with the under, I lean under there as well. I feel like Flurry is going to go in net. Uh, you and I chatted before. It doesn't really matter. They're both strong goalies. They go back yeah. and forth between Leonard and Flurry. It does seem like it's going to be 50-50 between the two so um, this season. Uh, Vegas, puck line, taking Coyotes. So, I'm not... I'm not a puck line guy. I honestly, I don't hate taking Vegas money line here. And I think it's just because of the way the last game played out, right? Arizona played about as perfect as they could through 25 minutes, 30 minutes, halfway through the game. They were up to nothing. They kind of got the first goal shorthanded. They got another, I think it was on the power play. Maybe it was five on five, but they got another goal. They went up to nothing. They were sending one guy in on the four check. They were kind of trapping and shutting Vegas down, which is what they do because Arizona doesn't have a ton of firepower. And then, but Vegas is so good, right? They got the two big lines. So they kept pressing and pressing and finally Vegas scored and they got one goal to end the period. And then in the third period, it was all Vegas and they just dominated. So I think if Vegas can get that first goal and then Anaheim has to chase, or sorry, Arizona has to chase a little bit, which they don't have the four, like they don't have the firepower to do that. Then I think Vegas will roll. So um, I think, especially with these rematches, I think they played four in a row at minus 200, especially if you want to throw it on a parlay, I think Vegas is, as close to a lock to win this game as possible. And I actually think towards the end of the year with some of these matchups, I think we might start seeing these lines at like minus 250, minus 275, especially if Vegas wins four in a row against Arizona here. So in my opinion, in my opinion, Vegas has seven players that are better than the best player on the Coyotes. Like they have (laughs) Stone, Pacioretty, Carlson, Marchessault, Riley Smith, Petrangelo, Theodore. I think every one of those players would instantly be the best player on the Coyotes, unless you count Darcy Kemper. Yeah, and uh, according to Money Puck, the number one line in the NHL so far has been Patrick, Stone, and Stevenson. No surprise, yeah. but Stevenson has fit in nicely. We get to him in DK. We, we've yeah. talked about him quite a bit on DraftKings as a, as a value guy. Yeah, shout out to Money Puck. The, I saw they, they tweeted the top 10 lines so far, minimum 20 minutes played together, and we have – Three of the top four going tonight in Patriotty is Stevenson and Stone. Expected goals, number one in the NHL. Jaren Suzuki, yeah. Anderson is a line we've been on. Number two, and then number four, Thornton, Matthews, and Marner. So, yeah. um, 
potential lots of offense. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard. And to... I just don't think Arizona has anything, right? Like nothing. They played better than I thought the first couple of games. I thought they'd be one of the worst. I thought they'd be Chicago level bad this year, except for with a good goalie. But they've showed that they have like Keller shooting a ton, Garland shooting a ton. Yeah. But I think as the season wears on, especially against a team like Vegas, which is so deep and so good in every area, I just don't think they have a chance, especially with and the way that they the way that they've set up their lines, they have like one good player on every line, and then it's just average, right? So, yeah, it's it's not the way to roll. Um, Castle's off to a decent start, three goals, but yeah, I'm totally not interested in it. I mean, they've allowed the most high danger chances per 60 minutes, Arizona. Now they have to go up against yeah. a complete team in Vegas, which is which is brutal, yeah. and they're third in expected goals against. So, yeah. Pacioretty minus 167 for over three and a half shots. It's tough. Yeah, Again, it's almost up, but. But that one's, that one's almost a lock. I think you mentioned it with Eric last time that Pacioretty is a bit of a puck hog, right? So and I think even more than him being a bit of a puck hog, he'll just, he'll take shots that aren't like, he knows it's not going to go in. Like he took a shot from basically, <laughs> basically the corner of the, like in there, in, uh, in Arizona zone, he was basically in the corner, like, like low percentage shot. He just fires it on that. He gets a whistle. He doesn't care. Right. So he does it all the time. He's going to get five shots. Yeah. He's going to get it all the time. So. Somebody in his defense, family, I think it's hard. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, somebody in his family plays him in, in DFS or DK. They must, like, yeah, or they 100%. must just take the overs. I mean, this guy is just a complete volume shooter. I mean, 307 last yeah. year, he's got five in every game and 16 and three goals. Yeah. And he's got a line that's set up for him, right? He's the trigger man. Mark Stone likes to pass the puck. Yeah. Stevenson's kind of the two way dependable, keep the puck moving in the offensive zone, but he's not going to be the trigger man. So. So I know that's what I was, somebody asked the other day about stone two and a half plus 100. I say no, because he is a pass first guy. He's the one who yeah. always seems to, to give it over. They put him on the half boards and he's just always trying yeah. to set up, you know, a patch ready or down. Even on, yeah. Cause even on, even on the power play unit that he plays on with patch ready. I mean, they're, they're going to patch ready all the time. They're going to Petrangelo. Right. Which I feel bad for, honestly, I feel bad for Shea Theodore that they signed for Trangelo because Shea Theodore was going to oh, be a Norris defense. He was going to be the Norris winner this year is what I thought. 100%. And then they signed for Trangelo and they're kind of splitting time on that power play. So, but yeah, Mark Stone's not the trigger man there. Um, honestly, the way he hits his over is probably by getting an empty net goal at the end of the game. Right. So. Yeah, I would agree. And if you see Shea Theodore two and a half, I would jump on that four, three and five shots on goal. Totally yeah. agree with that comment. Um, it, you know, bringing in Petrangelo, it reminds me of last year, the Leafs bringing in Barry, it cut into him and, and you know, Morgan Riley. Yeah. And the crazy part is, so at the end of that game, they took a penalty. So they were, they were up a goal and they were killing a penalty. And the two defensemen they put on the ice are Alec Martinez and Zach Whitecloud. Who, and I'll get into Whitecloud and DFS later. I love him. Yeah, like, great like player. Him too. He's yeah. super cheap. I love him. But he's the guy, like, they're paying Petrangelo $8 million and Shea Theodore. But they have Shea Theodore as a bargain, which is why they can get Petrangelo. But they have those two guys sitting on the bench and Zach Whitecloud and Martinez on the end. So, yeah, a white not, cloud is not a, a bad luxury a, to have. No, not oh, bad at all. So white Cloud, he is right. Yeah, White Cloud is really and good. And he shoots. And he, yeah, shoots. he shoots. He plays. I liked him better when they were only playing 5D. So, you know, he was getting 22, 23 minutes. But even still, and he's playing with Nick Hay, who shoots the puck too. So they'll like he's going to get chances to get points. He shot one in off Stevenson last game. So yeah. yeah, I remember watching him a bit last year and just be like, "Oh my goodness, this is another puck moving defenseman. Great skater yeah. hands. It must be." And nice. that's why I was surprised. I was so surprised when they got Petrangelo because it's like you have Shea Theodore who's cheap, and he allows you to have those other players. You have Nate Schmidt who was making I think six. Yeah. Who's almost he's not as good as Petrangelo, but for that defense pair, he was good. And then they had Martinez and then they had White Cloud coming up who I thought was going to step into the top four. And then 
I mean, obviously Petrangelo is an upgrade over Schmidt, but I didn't think they needed to do it. Yeah. Well, they're all in. Uh, Pacioretty like yeah. yeah, for first time is uh, 10 to 1. I, I think he's just going to continue to shoot. And I, I just feel like you should be able, you should get involved with him. Uh, anytime goal is, is plus 160. You want to just take some shots, maybe, I don't know, Riley Smith, 14 to 1. He had a couple goals the last game. He's yeah. he buried down. He on, was like, Shen. he was, well. yeah, he was 3,600. He was free on, on drafting. Yeah, free, two, absolutely so. free. Yeah. Uh, another and then on that, on that line, Carlson, Marcheseau. I mean, either one of those guys. I would lean Carlson just because, I mean, Marcheseau used to be the five, six shot a game guy, but yeah. he's only got like three shots. He's only got three shots this year. So I don't know what, or maybe even two. So I don't know what his, what his deal is, but I think maybe Carlson and Smith would be my place for first goal just because you'll get better odds than you, you get better odds yeah i like it love the call yeah marso is weird it was a guy five or six shots every game and then a good every first game. series in the yeah. bubble and then really quiet he just yeah. him and um, riley were just they did non-existent they just weren't there but he's all also right. that guy he's gonna he's gonna score and then all of a sudden he'll get three, oh yeah four or five Hot. goals yeah. In he checks so. yeah. <laughs> yeah goal scorers are streaky he's one of them for sure all yeah. right final game of the night montreal um road favorites minus 125 against the canucks six and a half is the total here what did you see from vancouver against your flames in back-to-back games can they bounce back against the habs tonight okay so vancouver got beat pretty good in the first game and then they came back and i thought they played really well in the first period, like I mentioned before. I think they upshot Calgary 16-5. to five. But, like I said, Markstrom kind of shut the door. And then I think they only ended up at 26 or 27 shots for the entire game. So they didn't do anything after that. Calgary kind of, they, they held their own, and then they kind of started to push back. So, I mean, everybody knows the issue with Vancouver right now is that Pedersen's in a bit of a funk. He's obviously going to snap out of it. It's just a matter of when. Because once he gets going, their power play will start scoring. That first line will start scoring. I think Bo Horvat is the perfect, like if you could draw up a second line center, Bo Horvat, I think is what you would, you would do. He's got scoring touch. He plays both ends of the ice. He'll play as many minutes as you need him to. But I just don't think after the first two lines, they have the depth to compete with Montreal. So I actually got Montreal yesterday at minus 114, which I thought was insane. Mm. Minus 125. I would still take that without hesitation, but I just don't think Vancouver has the depth. And until Pedersen gets going, I don't think they have a lot of a lot of a chance to win this game. Yeah, I th- I think you know we've been riding the Canadians from the start. We mentioned them as yeah. long shot. And they should they should have won the first game against Toronto too. They I think it was Shea Weber shot the puck over the glass and they gave up a five on three against Toronto. You even get scored on that kind of turn the game. So and they still went to overtime. I think they should have won that game. So yeah, Montreal has been the most impressive team this year, I think by far. And I'm definitely not the only one that thinks so. Yeah, no, you're, you're not. I'm a bit of a homer here. We laugh about it uh, here and there, but they're the most improved team. You mentioned the depth. I yeah. mean, when you put Byron and Lekkonen, who were whatever, they're so-so players, but they're former 20-goal scorers, yeah. and they're playing on the fourth line. So they have yeah. a lot and of you depth. Have, and, and behind them, you still have Brolyk and Corey Perry on the taxi squad in case something happens to those guys. So Exactly, like yes. They're, yeah, they're looking. Sad. Looking at this Vancouver team five on five so far this season, um, not great. Third most high danger chances, third most shots against, uh, the second highest expected goals. Yeah. Uh, but when both teams in the top eight, would you would you flirt with the over? What, what do you feel about the total six and a half? It's tough. Like Carey Price probably going to be back in that. Yeah, so if it was five, then the over, I think for sure. Yeah. Um, Carey Price is obviously good, but Carey, you see Carey Price. He'll have the games where he's spectacular and he doesn't let in a goal or he lets in one. Or he lets in and five then or he'll, six. He'll have, the, he'll have the games where he lets in five or six, right? And sometimes <laughs> yeah. I think this year Montreal will be able to win those games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I would touch at six. I don't think I want to touch the, I would rather just bet Montreal. I feel way more confident in them. So I would just put all my, whatever you want to spend on this game. I would just put it. Towards I, the Habs. I agree. I think we continue to ride it out guys. Uh, the Canadians yeah. are improved. This is the first of three straight against Vancouver. Uh, yeah. So a little mini three game series here. Uh, Tatar yeah. over two and a half shots is plus one thirty. I, I don't mind. It's a strong five on five yeah. unit between Deneau, Tatar. Yeah. And- so he's only got, I think he's only got four shots this year, but you'd think he has more because he has three goals. Cause he's he's three goals. His first three shots. But uh, I mean, Gallagher's the guy who shoots a ton on that line and, I think they really showed after the first game where everyone was like, oh, yeah, the Nick Suzuki line. And me, like, me too. I was like, oh, Nick Suzuki, Josh Anderson, Jim, and that's going to be your first line. And then the second game, it was like the first unit was like, no, we're going to – we'll make sure everybody knows, like, the packing order. We're the first line. <laughs> they're the second line. And I think they'll continue to show that. And they also have the benefit. They played together for a couple of years, right? So. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a strong five on five unit. The, the thing with the tire that I like with the shots, you're right. The shots have been there. The goals have been there. He's hit a couple posts is that yeah. he does quarterback that power play. Like he's, he's right there in terms of the shots. He'll pass it off to Suzuki yeah. on the sideboards or Suzuki will look for that pass over yeah. to him. I, I can't find Anderson on DraftKings, which is a bit of a bummer. I see him on bet three, six, five. I've taken the over every single time, two and a half. It's been the same thing with him for, for three, oh, four he's years. A volume he's a Columbus. He was the shooter. But the one thing I will note, the last, first game, I think he played 17 minutes, had seven shots. Obviously, he had a ton of adrenaline going first game playing for the Habs. Mm-hmm. Then the last couple of games, he's still getting a decent amount of shots, but he's played 13 minutes. Um, and I think, especially if Montreal takes control of this game, they'll just roll the forward line. So sure. I don't know if his number is two and a half or three and a half right now, but if it was three and a half, I don't think I would touch the over. No, but I wouldn't two, I would look at it. Yeah, it is two yeah. and a half on bet three six five. Any first goals yeah. here that you that you are feeling? I mean, Suzuki's eighteen to one, Tatar sixteen to one, Brock Besser is fourteen to one. I kind of like JT Miller as well. I just feel like there could be um, some offense here. Brock Besser's over two and a half uh, shots on goal plus one thirty. Any first time goal that comes to your mind? I think for the Habs, it's kind of you just got to kind of pick your line and then pick the trigger man. So either go, I would I would play two. I would either play Anderson and Suzuki or Gallagher and Thomas Tatar. So I would probably lean Gallagher Tatar. And I think it'll be Gallagher just because he's got the shots, but he hasn't got the scoring yet. So I would go for Gallagher. You got the narrative there in his hometown uh, tonight. All right, uh, let's go over to DK. Let's take a look at the center position here tonight. We got Connor McDavid up at the top, 8-5. Awesome Matthews, 8-4. Leon Dreisettle, 7-4. John Tavares has been red hot to start the season. He's 6-6. Pedersen, 6-4. Hurdle, 6-2. Carlson, 5'9", Horvat 5'8", Couture, 5'7", and then Nick Suzuki down there at 5'4". What do you think? So I think you have to play Matthews. I mean, obviously, if you're playing GP play, you're just kind of picking your the lines that you want to play the most. But I think for the cash game players and such, I think everybody's going to play Matthews, but you have to, right? Like, he's going to get the five shots. Five shots against Miko Koskinen's probably two goals. So I think you have to play him. And then it's... You want to play McDavid, especially against the Leafs. But I think if you had to pick between the two, I would lean Matthews, and it's not particularly close just because of the matchup. But I think trying to get both of them in is probably probably the best call. 
Yeah, we can we can find some value for that. There's a, there's a ton of yeah. value at the winger position. There's been so much value at wing, uh, especially from the Blues. Uh, I feel like there's a ton of value over there that we, yeah. we kind of already kind of touched. We touched on that a little bit. I would agree. Matthews at the top. I've been playing more Dry Settle and Yamamoto as opposed to maybe McDavid and you can you you can play them both. I mean, if you wanted to, but yeah. uh, and get Yamamoto I mean, if, in there. If Edmonton's that's gonna, play. Yeah, and if Edmonton's gonna win the game. McDavid and Drysaddle will probably team up on a couple goals sure. and Nugent Hopkins will be in there, but they're so expensive together. Right. So you almost got to pick, are you going to play McDavid Drysaddle? Um, I'm not sure if James Neal is going to be back. If James Neal's back, I know he's off of the COVID protocol list or whatever he was, he was on. I'm not sure if he's playing. He's cheap. If he's back, I'm sure he would take the power play one spot away from Alex Chiasson, which is one reason that they're not scoring a ton on the power play. But yeah, yeah I think, I think in that game, especially you got to pick, how the others are going to score, right? Yeah, yeah. Neil's two seven. If he gets in, that's interesting. He he yeah. should get some power play time. They need to get Cassian off that line. Is what they need to do. Oh I, my god! I, right? I can't He's... believe I didn't talk about that earlier. It's the same the same thing with some of these teams. Like you have a talent like Connor McDavid, and then you're putting Zach Cassian, Josh Archibald, these guys on this line, and you have a few players on your team that can play with them. And if you don't, you have to go get go get something. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I Something. mean, as a they... Flames fan, I, as a Flames fan, I love that they're wasting him. I think it's hilarious, and I, I want to see Zach Cash on the first line every game because even when you just see him skating down the wing, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like, it's like the Spider Man, like Spider Man meme of of the two of them pointing at each other. It reminds me of McDavid and the other sport is Mike Trout and the Angels wasting Mike yeah. Trout's talent. Um, these guys are just getting wasted. I mean, dry. This is why I play Dry Settle because he's getting the benefit of the doubt, like Yamamoto. I mean, this guy's got yeah. like and he's cheaper now, like, sixty games yeah. without a point. And they dropped his price a bunch, so they dropped his price. And then Dominic Cahoon, they bring in Dominic Cahoon, nice player. Hey, you're not going to play with yeah. McDavid. You're going to play with Dry Settle. So it's it's yeah. tough, and that's why I'm seeing the frustration from McDavid. But I agree. Yeah. Up at the top of the board, it's Matthews. The matchup is great. We already, you know, talked about all the numbers and the Oilers giving up so many chances and then the shots, the volume, any, anyone else yeah. down this list? Or is it just spend up? So or I, yeah. I think if you want to go cheap, I mean, Shen was listed as a winger last game. He's listed as a center today. So Shen at 4,100 is nice. Um, Victor Rask, I think is at three K and he's, he might play on the first line in Minnesota. Like I said, I don't love their center. I stuff, but if he's playing on the first line at 3000 and you need the money, I don't mind that. And then, yeah, Nick Suzuki or William Carlson, I think, are the kind of mid-range guys that I like, and especially Suzuki. He just finds a way to get on the board, right? Like the first game, he had a bunch of shots. He got a goal. The last game, he didn't do a ton, but he ended up getting an assist. So he's just one of those guys that he's always going to find his way on, kind of like Patrice Bergeron, right? Like he's going to find his way onto the score sheet, whether it's with the shots, with the blocks, with the assists, with the goals. He'll get, He'll find a way to get something. And he kind of reminds me of Bergeron. I don't know if that's fair, but he's a 200-foot player. He's, yeah. he's, he's pretty good defensively. He plays in all well, situations. I think, I think that's the idea, right? Like, I think for Montreal, if they are going to be the cup contender that they seem to be, it's going to be because Nick Suzuki turns into – or starts to turn into Patrice Bergeron. And in a couple of years, he'll, that's what he'll be, I'm pretty sure. But even if he gets three-quarters of the way this year, that's huge for their team. Yeah, absolutely. I like him at 5-4. Uh, O'Reilly, Dvorak, Hen- Henrique, Getzlaff, Schmaltz, not into any of these guys. Uh, I like Chandler no. Stevenson, 4-3. He's not going to get the top power play time with the big boys, but that, that line has yeah. been cooking. We already talked about you know expected goals. It's the number one line right now in the NHL. Shen, I love the call. 
4-1. Absolutely love it. Uh, not into Broussard, Deneau, or Erickson. Uh, no yeah. thanks. And so Deneau's an awesome player, but just on DraftKings, he just doesn't get the shots. And he'll get the random two-goal games where he plays. And if you want to stack him with Tatar and Gallagher as a line, if they score, he'll probably get in on the action. Yeah, but, but it's five-on-five five offense. Like, he's not going to get on He doesn't power. get the peripherals, right? Yeah, and right. he doesn't get the peripherals. He doesn't take a ton of shots. For a really good defensive player, he doesn't block a ton of shots because he just takes the puck away, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So at winger, we got Patch already up at the top seven five. Marner six nine. His yeah. price is slowly starting to get up. We've been talking about him being a good value. Yeah. Six eight, six two, six three, six seven. Now he's six nine tonight. Not a big volume shooter. It doesn't matter. He's yeah. He's getting yeah. He's getting the points. I struggle with the shots. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you're if you're playing GPPs and you're playing Matthews, I think you got to pair them together. 100%. But for cash, I don't. I think I would prioritize Patch over him. Yeah. Volume shooter. We've already talked about him being a puck hog. I agree with that. Nugent Hopkins, Stone, Kane, Meyer, Fiala, William Nylander, Thomas Tatar, and then Clayton Keller. Anybody else on this list that stands out to you? Yeah. So 5,600, like I mentioned, Brendan Gallagher, he got five shots last game. He's probably going to hit the bonus again. Um, I think he's either just below or just above Tatar. And I think he's a better play just because of the shots. So I think Gallagher is a really strong play. So would you play both and then, Tatar and Gallagher or would you just, you're just going to pick one? Okay. So if I'm playing cash, well, sorry, not if I'm playing cash on the games where I'm playing cash, I'll play Gallagher over Tatar okay. and then GPP. I usually try to stack full line. So GPP, I'll, I'll play them together. Okay. So are you, for cash, are you just looking for value? Will you stack lines in cash? Like not often? It depends on the slate, right? Like the things I'm looking for are, bad goalies and bad defense and then playing the other side. So yesterday I played McKinnon, Landeskog and Ratnan just because right. they're playing the Kings. They're playing Cal Peterson and that worked out. Okay. It would have worked out better if Landeskog would have hit the empty net at the end. Oh of the my game. goodness. I had Landeskog over two and a half shots on goal on the abs to win by two. He yeah. missed the empty and just, net. Yeah. Would have been boom, and just boom. missed. So yeah. yeah. Which is also why I hate taking the puck lines. I prefer to just pay a bit more money and just pay, Fair. just take them on the money line. But yeah. So I'll usually, I found myself a lot playing two guys from the same line in cash this year, just because when I'm targeting the bad goalies, obviously there's going to be players on the same team, right? Like I'll play Pacioretty and Stone, depending on the slate, probably not today because they're both too expensive. And like you say, Stone doesn't get the shots. Um, but I have no issue playing two guys from the same team. I'm just trying to get bad goalies, bad defenses, and guys that are going to get a lot of shots. Yeah, I, I have the same strategy in tournaments, GPPs. I like to stack power plays. Last night, yeah. it worked out okay for me. I had some Ottawa mixed in with some Colorado and some Ottawa and the Rangers, and I just played the entire power play unit. I had Fox, yeah. Benajad, Panarin, yeah. and Kreider. And, and then stacking, I mixed with Strom in there. Yeah, and stacking forward lines. I, I found it's been harder this year just because every team, like I mentioned the St. Louis, a lot of teams are going more depth this year because they want to roll the line. So like you see it with Calgary, they're playing – they're playing their pairs, right? So instead of getting a full line, it's like, yeah, I'll play Goudreau and Monaghan, but then I don't want to play Josh Levo. He's cheap, but he's not going to do anything. And he's only going to play 12 minutes. So I'm finding this year in particular, it's harder to stack full lines. Same thing with Toronto. Like, I don't want to play Joe Thornton. He's going to play 14 minutes. And right. he is on the first power play, but him and Simmons on the first power play is a story for another day. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> but so I find... I like to play those pairs and even in cash, I have no problem playing the pairs. All right. Uh, I think, it, I think we could maybe get involved with Vegas in that second line. Marsha. So five K, you know, yeah. Kessel, Gallagher. Well, Garland. Just, yeah. And you would think they would have bumped up Riley Smith again, but he's still 30. So even if you don't think he's going to, last game he got 
180 foot empty net goal at the end of the game, complete snipe right dead center middle of the net from his own corner, which was awesome. But even if he doesn't get that, he's still going to get 12, 13 points. He plays on the penalty kill. He plays on the power play. He's a threat to score on the penalty kill. Him and Carlson have done it for two, three years now where they'll, they'll get five shorthanded goals a year. So at 3,800, that's in cash. That's a complete lock. March or so 5k previous years would have been a lock. Like I said, he's not shooting the puck this year. So I don't know if I would do that. I would just prefer to get Smith and patch ready and then kind of fit in everything around there. Yes, totally. I, I think it makes a lot of sense in cash. Uh, I think if you're playing multiple lineups in tournaments, now is maybe that time to get on that second line though. We're not, not a lot of people yeah. are, are on them. Uh, a couple other and guys. I will I, say go ahead. Another line. So the line, I think that you would really want to target in GPPs. And this kind of goes against what I said earlier is the Pedersen line, right? The Pedersen line, especially with the power play has the potential to score three, four goals. They haven't done it yet this year. Pedersen's doesn't look great. But like we mentioned, Carey Price has those games where he lets in four or five goals. They're probably going to be under-owned. I think for GPP, if you want a full stack of line, play them with Quinn Hughes, who shoots the puck a ton this year. He's shooting way more than last yes. year. I think that's probably the best ownership line anyhow. I don't, and like I said, they're probably not going to be the top line, but as far as ownership and potential, I think that's a really good place to go. I throw a couple more values here. Miller, 4-9, Perron, 4-8, Schwartz, 4-7. I think he can get involved with the Blues. and Yeah, you can basically just list the whole roster for the Blues. Right. They're all – I don't understand. I mean, Hoffman's up a little bit more 4-5. I'm not totally into him, uh, but he started the year. Yeah, if he was playing playing on one of the first two lines maybe. But, yeah, with him and Robert Thomas, who's a good player, but I think they have Jordan Cairo on the other wing, or maybe it's one of those guys. Yeah, I don't love it as much. And depending on how many power plays they get, right, that's where he's going to make his money. Yeah, and then Yamamoto again. He's cheaper, as we mentioned. He's 4-3. Yeah. Okay, over at defense, we got Burns 6-9, Petrangelo 6, Theodore 6-6, six, six, Theodore 6-5, six, Weber 6-1, Riley 6, Petrie 5-8. Uh, anyone up at the top there that you like that you would be willing to spend your money on? So there's guys at the top that I like, but as far as willing to spend my money on, I don't think so. Just because I want to spend my money on Pacioretty. I want to spend it on Matthews. I want to try to spend it on McDavid if I can. So I don't, I mean, Brent Burns obviously gets a ton of everything. He always has. He's done it for years, but I'm not going to pay six, nine with those guys on the slate. The Vegas guys are awesome, but like you said, they take away from each other. So I kind of look at Vegas and Montreal with Petri and Weber kind of the same but Petrie and Weber are a little cheaper, right? So I think you can get a little more value with those guys. The Vegas defensemen are better. They just don't have – none of them's hogging the first power play. None of them's hogging all the good minutes, right? Right. So, I mean, I think we can spend – I think Hughes at 5'3 is a, is a bit of a value. I think he should be a little bit more I think more he's expensive. the best player. Yeah, 100% agree. I think he's the best value play. And so last year it would have been, okay, Quinn Hughes is going to – get you some assists on the power play, but he's not going to get the shots. And this year, I think he's leading the Canucks in shot attempts. He's playing the first power play, obviously. And their power play looks, they're not scoring, but against Calgary, they looked awesome. Like they were getting a ton of shots. They're getting a ton of chances. He's, he's way better than what I think people thought he was going to be at least this early. And now that he's shooting the puck, he's a great play on drafting. So he's going to get some points and he's going to get, he's going to have, give you a shot at five shots. Yeah, at least at least three in every game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, down the list, some others. I, I like Romanoff. He scored his first goal the other day. I, He's yeah. four three. Geez, he was two five to start. Every, yeah, yeah. So I played him the first night at two five, which is awesome. I played him. I, well, I played him every time they played. 
And yeah, like you said, as price is creeping up at four three, it's probably it's getting high. You have to make a choice because I played him every slate. I'll probably keep playing him just because I'm like, oh yeah, I'll play Romanov. I always do. And then eventually you got to realize, oh, like the price is jumping up. You can't just plug him in. Yeah. But he still he gets that second power play. He's getting a ton of shot attempts. He's trying yeah. to shoot the puck. Yeah. Um, he's got a great breakout pass. He's got chance for assist there. So I think he's a really good play. I think just kind of in that price range, Alec Martinez mm. for the block shots. I think he's got like seven, five. He's got a ton of block shots. I think he's at the bonus lights in three games. So he's a good, he's a good safe pick. 4,600, maybe a little pricey, but he'll get, he'll give you a floor. Yeah, I would agree with that. Shattenkirk, 3-5. Barry's 4. I don't know if we should yeah. go back to Falk, 3-5, but, man, he had eight shots and two goals. Yeah. I don't know what the heck was going yeah. on. I usually don't chase that kind of stuff when it happens yeah, again. That White it, Cloud is 2-6. Yeah. yeah, so if you want a really cheap guy, White Cloud is who I've been playing. Just because, yeah, and he got an assist last game, but because he's going to get – he'll get you three shots, right? He'll get two or three shot attempts, and then you try to hope that he gets an assist or something. And then I think Tyson Barry versus Shattenkirk is a, is a tough call because Barry sucks. I think he's a horrible <laughs> player, but he plays on the first power play. He's actually playing more minutes. The last, I think he only played 18 minutes the first game, but he's played a little more the next couple games. He is running the first power play unit against a team that gives up a lot of shots and he's playing with McDavid and Drysaw on the power play. So at 4K, as much as I don't like Tyson Barry, and I think he's a horrible defenseman, it's hard to say no, but if you need the money, just drop down to Shattenkirk at three five. He's playing. He played twenty nine minutes last game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love Shattenkirk. I'm a big fan. I think you know the numbers yeah. are going to start to come. He's getting a lot of ice time. I agree. This yeah. I and I <laughs> tell us how you really feel, Cecil, about Barry. Um, yeah. I'm kidding. I agree with you. I've said it on this show before. This yeah. is why he's I a great like... offensive defenseman. Right. He is. He's a great offensive defenseman. Oh, sure. Maybe not great. He's a good. He's good. <laughs> He's a good. Yeah. The Leafs didn't need him yeah. last year. The Oilers didn't need him. It's not yeah. the type of defenseman that they needed either of these teams. But this is yeah. why I do like him. First game, 631 on the power play. Second game, 507 on the power play. 528 on the power play in game three. He played eight minutes and 17 seconds on the power play in his last that's game. The only, Nothing yeah. to show for. That's the only reason. Yeah. That's <laughs> the only reason they have him, though, right? Can you imagine if, if they didn't have him or if he gets hurt? Darnell Nurse, whose oh price goodness. keeps dropping because they used to I play like Nurse on the power play after Clefbaum got hurt. If yeah. Nurse moves up to the first power play, then all of a sudden you're going to lock in because he's getting he's getting five shot three block potential every night. But yeah, with Barry hogging the power play, it's tough to it's tough it to play. Tough. But he's a he's an actual good solid two way defenseman. Yes, I like Nurse. I'm a big fan. Um, okay. Yeah. Goalies on their way out. We only got a couple minutes here. Um, what are you feeling um, with the goalies? You spinning up Leonard? We, I don't think you're going to spin up for Bennington. <laughs> we got Leonard Fleury well, there, Anderson, Price, Talbot. Uh, I would assume Price is getting the start today after Jake Allen yeah. had the start in the last game. Holpe, Koskinen in there. What are you doing in net? So I'm going to do almost guaranteed. I'll do the same thing I did two nights ago. I'll just play John Gibson. He's 7,300. He's at home. He's going to get. He almost got the 35-shot bonus, which would have been nice the other day, but that's all right. He still got the shutout. He, I think he got 33 shots again. So he's going to see 30 shots against Minnesota. It's not going to be 30 hard shots. They gave up a ton of power plays in Minnesota. They just shoot the puck, but they don't score on the power play. So I think at 7,300, since I personally think that Anaheim's an equal team to Minnesota, when I see the goalie at 7,300, that's an easy play for me, and he's the top three goalie in the league. So I would like... I like Fleury or Laner, whoever plays, and I like Carey Price. But 
if you're going to give me Gibson at 7,300 in an even matchup, I'm not even going to think about it. I'll just play that. Yeah, that is a good call. I was back and forth between Talbot and Gibson because I feel like it's going to be low scoring, a lot of shot attempts, yeah. but no goals. But you're, you're saving so much money on Gibson. 7-3 does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I wanted to just – I was asking Matt to make a letter or a flurry board here, whichever one goes. I know they're super expensive, and I would rather spend up – you know, with the goal scorers and the snipers. But what I noticed in my yeah. last uh, GPP was Leonard was unknown. unknown. Nobody wanted to spend up for him. Yeah. They just well, it's because I think it's because Vegas a, a few days or at the start of the year, they said, we're not announcing our goalies. Until yeah, that's part of it. So yeah. we can guess who's going to play. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to play tonight. They have two amazing goalies. The reason they have it is so they can rotate them. So they're going to play Fleury. I would, I would say 95% chance, but without knowing and with it being the last game, people don't like, to have to remember to pay attention, remember to look at the people that are playing 150 lineups and have maybe 30 or 40 teams, they don't want to have to swap that. So I think that gives you good leverage with Flurry or Leonard, whoever plays, I'm assuming Flurry. Um, the one thing about Robin Leonard, I think is he's, he's one of the best goalies in the league, but you don't, he doesn't look like it when he plays, right? He's always kind of in position. He makes the saves look easy, but then at the end of the night, you look and it's like, Oh, he was just calm, steady, stopped yeah. 30 pucks, let in one goal. Whereas Fleury looks spectacular. He's all over the place. He's making the amazing flashy saves. But I mean, as far as DFS goes, you don't care how they get the save, right? As long as they get the save. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Maddie, we always ask you on the way out, man. What are you feeling? Uh, Cecil scared the shit out of me with the Minnesota Wild, so I'm not taking them on the puck line anymore. That one is just a no-go. I'm crossing my fingers and toes and playing the Leafs on the puck line for the first time this year. Probably going to go bad. Uh, You guys sold me on the Wild and Ducks under. The Coyotes, Golden Knights, I'm going back to the well, taking the Golden Knights on the puck line. Um, I feel real dirty doing this, but I'm taking the Canadians on the puck line too. Just, uh, I think... Just, so just I, I hate, like I said, I hate it, puck line bets. Yeah, but I think the Vegas puck line bet is definitely the best one. I think they win by three, four, five goals, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. So, um, Mini, do you have it up on there? What's Gallagher for first goal? I will find it. Because I feel like Galley's due for one, and I don't like giving 100%. credit, but that Ball guy's been one. buzzing around. Yeah, I, I might go to Galley for first goal or any time goal. I'm not sure yet, but I just feel like he's due for one. Yeah, and yeah, like Cecil kind of, said, I mean, he, this guy just loves to shoot the puck. Yeah. And I don't know, as, as Vancouver starting Holpe, I assume? I would assume. I mean, Holpe's not, Holpe's not, I mean, Demko's not great, but Holpe's not that good no. either. He's just an average middle-of-the-road goalie, so yeah. it's not like Montreal's not going to get Right. They're going to get chances and they're and Vancouver's going to give up chances. Uh, I like, again, just to recap, I like Montreal, St. Louis, Vegas on the, on the puck line. I think the under in uh, Minnesota and Anaheim and then the over Toronto Edmonton, like those are kind of the, where yeah. I'm feeling. I've been doing some shop prop uh, parlays. I, I think if you can find Matthews, I know they're juiced up, but if you can parlay these guys like Matthews and Pacioretty and Fiala, just these volume shooters, you can throw Anderson in there or you can throw Gallagher in there. Just guys that shoot the puck a lot. I think Cecil nailed it when you're talking about pass first guys like Stone, O'Reilly, Carlson. You just shy away from those guys. Look for the trigger guys on the half wall and the power yeah. play that are going to get power play time. And these guys are not afraid to shoot the puck. Any final words yeah. there for me, Cecil? Yeah, so I think my favorite my favorite bet of the night would be just Montreal money line. Um, I do feel really good about four of the games. I don't feel super confident in, in the San Jose St. Louis pick. That one's I think the toughest game to pick. So I would parlay Toronto, Montreal, and Vegas. I think that gives you 
three and a half to one, maybe. And then if you want to juice it up a little bit, throw the ducks on. I like to, that's what I like to do with my parlays, get two or three favorites and then throw on one dog, especially early in the year when I think some of the underdogs are wrong. Like last night, I got every game right except for Washington, which I should have got right. They were up big and they should have won. Mm. So that Washington was my dog on the parlay, though. So that killed me. But I think if you play Anaheim, that almost doubles your parlay value. So that's what I would do. I'm going to play both those parlays. I'm going to play Toronto, Montreal, Vegas, and then I'm going to add Anaheim as well. So I'll play two. Mini, you went four for seven, by the way, on your four, uh, four for oh. seven. You hit the okay. you hit the Blue Jackets. You hit the Blues. Uh, you whiffed on your two overs through Toronto and Winnipeg and Montreal Edmonton, but you did hit your Vancouver Calgary over your Vegas puck line hit as well. Your Vancouver W was a no. What are your picks for tonight so I can jot them down? Yeah, okay, so um, I'll do it again. I'm going Montreal, going back to the Blues. I like Vegas on the puck line. And the fourth one, I will lean with the under Minnesota Anaheim, but I really like Toronto Edmonton over too. I mean, you can toss that one in there if you want. Why not? Let's let's see if we can. Uh, I mean, we're never going to go perfect when I'm throwing seven picks at you, but the five, yeah. I, I really do like strong. You know, Cecil, you mentioned Washington and Pittsburgh. I didn't get involved with either team, but man, the over, right? The Penguins have played to the yeah. over in every game so far. They look brutal. Yeah. yeah, they don't look good. Washington. So I bet the game before I knew that Samsonov wasn't playing. Not that it would have made a huge difference, but yeah, they were, I would have, it would have been a perfect seven and oh night if they would have won, which would have been awesome because they were, they were kind of my parlay team that I needed. But I mean, either way, I hit a parlay the night before with Vegas, which wasn't looking good. They were down to nothing. I was like, come on, Vegas, how are you going to lose? But then, yeah, like I said, their talent took over and they won the game. So yeah, the totals at FTM bets have been good. Um, The sides, you know, it's been just a couple over 500. We we have a bet tracker over there. So we keep track of everything 12 and three with the total. So maybe you just want to get involved with Edmonton, Toronto over Minnesota, Anaheim under, (laughs) maybe just do a two gamer like that. Those are the the strong totals that I feel um, for tonight. Cecil, a pleasure, man. Uh, Good stuff. We'll chat hockey again. Cecil Peters right there. Um, make sure you subscribe. Mayo Media Network. Subscribe to this show. Like, subscribe. Five stars. Leave the comment in the YouTube section. I will scan it a little bit later on. But make sure you leave your email as well if you are rating over on Apple. Because Mayo will be giving away $100. And it could be you. We will be back on. I'll be back on Friday. But the guys will be back tomorrow. Uh, thanks for hanging you out. got Cam on Friday? Got Cam on Friday. Yeah, it's it's must watch TV, right? I just let this team up and let him buck. He's phenomenal. He's he's great. Doing this with Cam is probably like Stevenson playing with Patrick and Stone. You just let him do his thing. (laughs) Well said. We'll finish there. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) 